When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You can order award-winning Jonesy Q rubs and sauces at jonesyq.com. Use promo code OOBSHOW if you order $20 or more and receive free shipping. That's jonesyq.com. Promo code OOBSHOW. Press the button, my friend. The Out of Bounds Show is live, live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge in the Bank Plus Studio. Check, check, check it out. All right, your SEC Insider hit this morning is brought to you by MississippiSportsMedicine.com. Uh, any age, any sport, any injury, they've got you covered. New Surgery Center Clinic, Lakeland Drive, Flowood. MississippiSportsMedicine.com. This is 105.9 The Zone ESPN. We are the Out of Bounds Show. I'm your host, Bo Bounds. Our guests join us on the uh, Corona Premier Guest Line. We welcome in Steve Palazzolo, senior analyst, pro football focus. He's got he's got the pod. They're covering everything NFL. PFF.com. So you're a Florida Gator fan? How did this happen? Yeah, I mean, I'm from... I'm from the Boston area, so we don't really have – I'm not really rooting for BC or anything like that. So, in the 90s, I just jumped on the Danny Werfel Florida bandwagon, and I've been a, a Gator fan ever since. I'm not, like, full jorts and Gator tattoos. I heard what you guys were talking about. I know. Okay. But uh, just, just root for the Gators, yeah. Who's your favorite Gator, Tebow, Werfel, or someone else? Oh, give me Werfel. Yeah, because he was the guy. He got me hooked. I'm a pass game guy, so I'm not really a power – Well, that's power a good point. guy, so yeah. – Tebow was yeah. a fullback playing quarterback. Fair enough. Well, yeah, exactly. He was. Uh, um, I loved Warfel, though. That was they were fun, fun and gun. All right. Um, yeah, we were debating Florida, you know, Gator tattoos in Florida earlier in the show, and uh, if they trumped <laughs> Alabama with the A, you know, the A, the, um, yeah, tattoos. But we weren't really sure. I'm how. not going to get kicked off the weekly hit now, right? Because of that. No, you know, you're good. No, you're yeah. getting kicked off for your Dak takes. <laughs> well, they're coming. They're All right, coming well, too. let's jump right in. Uh, assess Dak, the Cowboys, Kellen Moore, everything on the offense over the weekend before we get into more fun stuff of the games that are going on this weekend. Everything was bad. Blow it all up. 
I was wrong. Kellen Moore is not good. Zach's not Nobody's good in Dallas. Um, I, so I do think that, first off, Dak calling out the refs, I know he apologized, but uh, I think that was wrong. I think that was off. I think the refs actually were okay in this whole situation. Uh, we'll talk about the QB draw deal in a minute. But I think the bottom line is Dak underachieved here in the second half of the season, whether it was him or Kellen Moore. And I know I've I've been a Kellen Moore advocate on the show here, but I, in, I, I think my I think where I'm landing right now as far as this offense is they did end up underachieving. I don't think Kellen Moore is a disaster. I don't think he's as bad as maybe Scott Linehan, but maybe he's not elevating the offense either. And, you know, I think the, the Cowboys have to go back and figure out what happened offensively during the second half of the season here because there's Jerry Jones is I'm kind of in the Jerry Jones world of like, Hey, we built a really good team here. We should be winning. And uh, they're not. So something, something has to change. Okay. Uh, I want to read this to you and I want you to um, agree or disagree with it. Um, Chris Sims, you may have seen this on uh, Kellen Moore. He said, Dallas is a sticks team. They run all their routes to the sticks. There's zero creativity. Scott Linehan 2.0. He said, no crossing routes, pick plays, scheming guys open. It makes it impossible for Dak to succeed versus above average defenses. You agree or disagree? I, I make it a point to almost always disagree with Chris Sims historically. I very rarely land on the same side as Chris. I like Chris. He's fine. We've interacted. I don't completely agree there. Because you know what's funny is Troy Aikman basically said the opposite. Right? Troy Aikman, and I'm I not saw saying that. either guy's right or wrong. Troy basically said there's not enough, like, just go beat a guy. Uh, C.D. Lamb, just go win. Amari Cooper, just go win. Too much scheming. You know, I think there's always got to be a hybrid and a balance. When you're playing man coverage, yeah, you got to scheme it up. you got to run rub routes and let guys create separation. At other times, Dallas should just say, hey, we're, we're better. Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb – and whoever the three is, whether it's Michael Gallup or Cedric Wilson, these dudes can win, and Schultz can win. So I don't think it's a, I don't think it's this massive schematic disaster in Dallas. But yeah, there's there's got to be there has to be something. Something's got to give there where there's a little bit more creativity. There's a little bit more you know let guys win one on one. But I don't think it's full you know where they were previously in the uh, previous regime. So you don't buy in as 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 conservative as they wanted Dak to be the first few years under Garrett Linehan. Obviously, Moore was there, too. You, do you feel like Kellen has opened it up enough for what y'all... Yeah, I, think, I, think, I mean, there's always, there's always a little bit more room. There's always more room to grow. Like, if you look at, if you look at situations when teams are expected to run versus expected to pass. There are some good numbers out there, not even our numbers at PFF, but which teams are passing above expectation? It's the Chiefs, the Bucks, the Bills, and the Chargers, I believe, are the top four teams. So it, there's always room to grow, and I would say you'd, you'd want to be closer to that end of the spectrum, and that's like, okay, second and ten, what's the Bucks on Sunday? When they get the second and seven, eight, nine – they're almost never running the ball. They're like, all right, Brady, get in the gun, find the open man. We're going to pick up at least five here, right? Which is a much more efficient play than. But Kellen is willing so, to run Zeke a lot of times during those those down and distances for yes. a yard or maybe two. Steve. Yeah. So so again, I'm not saying it's perfect, but I don't, but Dallas isn't 
they're not Jason Garrett's on like the other end of that spectrum. And I think Dallas at one point was on the other end of that spectrum where it was like, Hey, here, this is a Zeke driven team. It's not, I mean, they put the ball in Zach's hands and said, Hey, go, go win games for us. And um, sometimes it's worked. Sometimes it hasn't, but um, I still, you know, as we've talked about the Brady Belichick split and a lot of this stuff, you know, over the last couple of years, the QB is still the biggest driver in this whole equation. Right. And then the, the coach can, you know, elevate or, or, you know, suppress a little bit, but the QB still the biggest driver. And I, I think Dak had plays to make in this game. So I'd still put a little bit more blame on, on your guy there. Out of bounds, 105.9 The Zone, ESPN, Steve Palazzolo, PFF.com, Pro Football Focus, joining us on uh, Divisional Week. All right, let's switch gears to what's happening uh, this weekend on the field. You mentioned that Cincinnati was partying like crazy. And they won a huge game. Now they go on the road down to Nashville, not far, to play the Titans. What is it like in the city this week, Steve? It's it's more excitement and buzz. Again, I always, you know, I'm always on the road when I'm talking to you guys. I'm driving through the city again and uh, you know, it's it's there's excitement because yeah, they won a game, but again, like I said last week, they believe that they can win games with Joe Burrow, right? They believe that he's their guy. And I think he proved it again last week. It's not that they lit up the scoreboard, but when they needed key plays, he's moving the chains, Jamar Chase is getting open. They've done a nice job of adding a ton of playmakers to that offense to make life easier for Burrow. So, yeah, there's a lot of excitement. I think they can go into Tennessee and, and get the win and go to the AFC Championship. I, th- I think it's certainly it's gonna, I think it's going to be a really good game, and I think the Bengals have a great shot. And there's definitely a belief in the city here that, uh, that Joe Burrow's the guy. Just like, just like Burrow brought hope to LSU. You know, his 2018 season, I don't think Burrow was great, but – he had some key fourth quarter comebacks and things where LSU fans were like, oh, boy, we just found our Tom Brady. I remember them saying that. And it didn't come to fruition until the following year when they had that ridiculous national championship run. But Burrow's been doing that in a couple places now, just bringing hope and belief to uh, wherever he goes. All right. Uh, the line's minus three and a half. I would actually take the points and the Bengals. How would you? I, I would, direction? too. I mean, I. It's, I'm having a tough time with the Titans all season because they're not as flashy. Like, they're the least flashy team out of all the, you know, they don't have Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, or Burrow, right? But they're just a good overall team. I do think Mike Vrabel's kind of, I've called him maybe the next Mike Tomlin, you know, a guy that no matter what you give him is probably just going to find a way to, to win games throughout his tenure in Tennessee. Um, but, you know, maybe, so maybe I'm overrating the flash of the Bengals and what their passing attack has done in recent weeks. But yeah, I would take, I, I like the Bengals as underdogs there, um, but Tennessee is just a good overall team. That's won a lot of big games this year. Um, so you give the head coaching, obviously the quarterback is, is the nod is to Burrow, but you give the, the head coach nod to Vrabel. Yeah. I mean, Zach Taylor's gotten a little bit better. You know, but it's, that's the other vibe I'm getting around Cincinnati. I don't know if people are sold on Zach Taylor, and I, I'm not necessarily sold on him or not. You know, how much of it is just Burrow balling out and how much of it is Zach Taylor. He's The, the one big thing is they, they, they turned it over to Joe Burrow down the stretch. So good on Zach Taylor, kind of getting away from the, you know, run, run, pass, maybe mindset that they had earlier in the year. But I think Brable – they used over 90 players this year, NFL record. You know, they still had the number one seed. 
they had that stretch where they beat every good team in the league that was thrown at them, the Titans. And then uh, Vrabel's done some really good stuff with in-game decision-making, been a little bit more forward-thinking when it comes to that. So I, I do think, yeah, the Titans have the coaching advantage, and I really like what Vrabel's done in Tennessee overall. Let's go to uh, Steve Palazzolo, PFF.com, joining us on the Out of Bounds Show. Let's go to 49ers Packers. Um, boy, 49ers just took it to the Cowboys. Uh, physicality, coaching, um, and so on. So, I mean, the, the line is six. Um, are you going Rodgers at Lambeau? I mean, pull it away? How do you see this one? I mean, yeah, I was asked earlier today, like, which game could be the biggest blowout? I think it would be this one because okay. you've got – I don't know if the, the Niners, as great as their defenses have been – like, their defense has played well at times during the stretch, down the stretch here, but it might be the weakest defense left in the playoffs. Uh, it's probably between them and the Bengals. So, I think Rodgers will have his way as far as throwing the ball around. I think they'll be able to run the ball a little bit. Uh, you also have Nick Bosa maybe banged up. Fred Warner maybe banged up. And then Jimmy Garoppolo taking care of the football, right? I mean, it's the 49ers offense is just outstanding as far as playmakers go. Debo is incredible. George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Kyle Juszczyk. They've just got all these unique playmakers, unique for their position. They're great in space. Kyle Shanahan schemes them into space. But Jimmy Garoppolo tried to throw the game away again on Sunday. So it comes down to that, right? Can Garoppolo not miss the key open throw like he did back-to-back key open throw he misses the Ayuk and then throws a pick mm-hmm. those are the types of things I think the Packers make the Niners pay so yeah I like the Packers I mean it wouldn't be surprised if the Niners win because they've got these ingredients but it's really going to come down to Jimmy G I think taking care of the football uh Buccaneers hosting the Rams that's a three-point spread minus three Tampa Bay uh, I guess you're going Bucks and Brady and Arians no, I mean I'm a you know I'm a Brady guy and everything. I I got a feeling about the Rams though. I I really I don't know if I'm overrating the wild card performance here, but uh, Stafford could be hit or miss every week. But if he shows up, man, they are tough to stop. And that's what happened in Week Three when these teams played. Stafford wasn't missing a whole lot of throws in that game, and you know he threw for like 370 yards and four touchdowns. Now the Bucks had all their backup corners in there at the time, but you know the Rams are trending. Uh, with their stars making plays, OBJ in the red zone and Vaughn Miller rushing off the edge. Bucks have uh, Tristan Wirfs, their starting right tackle, hurt. I don't know if he's going to play. If he doesn't play, the Rams can pressure Brady, and I think they've got the ingredients to pull the upset here. So I might pick the Rams this week and go against Tommy, which is, uh, you know, he's 16 and what, 14 and 2 in divisional games. <laughs> played a whole season of divisional games in his career, which is nuts. Uh, the other stat, I think he's got six wild card games and 10 Super Bowls that he's played in. It's just crazy. But um, I, I think the Rams, I, you know, I, 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 I like the way they're trending right now. Yeah, look, I love the way they're, they're playing. How about Cam Akers? He's from here. And uh, what about tearing your Achilles and playing six it's months crazy. later and throwing up 95 yards of total offense in your first game back, Steve? It was nuts. And he looked fast and explosive. He had the deep ball. Uh, he could have caught it, but it was underthrown a little bit. But uh, just crazy. I mean, the Achilles used to put you out for 12 months, and then when you came back, it took, it took another year to get back to full speed. He looked as explosive as ever. I mean, Cam Akers, that was such a bad injury for the Rams that they went and traded for Sony Michelle, gave up a fourth rounder during the preseason, 
just because, hey, they, they, we need a running back this year. And all of a sudden, Cam Akers is back, and they've got an explosive back, you know, runner back there. So, yeah, I think it's huge. Um, we'll see if they can get going on the ground against a really good Bucks run defense. But um, having a little extra balance on that Rams offense, I think, is, uh, is pretty important. So you take the points. All right, last one. Um, boy, how do you – the Bills had the perfect game on offense. And yeah. now you've got to shake that and kind of erase it going into playing at Arrowhead and, and the Chiefs and Andy Reid and Mahomes that have lived here for a while now. So do you expect a, a big letdown or no, Bo, this is going to go all the way down and be one hell of a football game? It, it's, it's like one of the tough things about football analysis, right? Like you want to look, and I just did it with the Rams, you want to look at the last thing you saw and then say, well, that's going to happen again. But it's literally impossible for the Bills to do what they did again, right? I mean, there's no, they're not going to score in every possession. Josh Allen had one of the best quarterback games uh, in recent memory. Uh, it, everything was going so well. He admitted his first touchdown. He was throwing the ball away. And Dawson Knox just jumped up and snatched <laughs> it out of the air, incredible. right? That's how great the Bills were the other night. And, um, so, yeah, the, the thing about this game, though, Josh Allen, if he plays superhuman, I think they can win, right? But the Bills do match up well against the Chiefs. It's, it's almost as if they've built their team to stop the pass. They're a little bit lighter up front, so maybe power running teams give them some issues, but the Chiefs don't do that. I mean, the Bills are equipped. They've, they've, they've built their team for this game to beat the Chiefs and slow down Mahomes. The first matchup, Mahomes dropped back 70 times and didn't even average five yards per attempt. Now, again, I don't know if you could replicate that, but the Bills are one of those teams that can give the Chiefs problems. But I'm, I like the way the Chiefs are figuring things out these last few weeks. Uh, I think they're over that midseason wall. They have Byron Pringle stepping up. They've got Mecole Hardman stepping up to go with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. That's what the Chiefs needed all season. So I, I like what they've started to figure out offensively. So I think it'll be a great competitive game. Not It was the Bills running away with it on that Sunday night football game when the Chiefs were really bad defensively at that point in the season. So I think it'll be much more competitive this time around. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, talking NFL, Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. He joins us on the Corona Premier Guest Line. All right, so as far as how much the way that Belichick got worked last week, okay, the greatest coach ever. I mean, how much money would you have lost, Steve, if someone would have offered that up to you? Hey, this is what I think is going to play out, Steve. I want you to either handicap it or bet it, considering what the Bills did to the mighty Patriots. I mean, that what do I have to lay forty? Do we expect a forty-point <laughs> game? What do we? What, what's the breakdown here? I mean, the, the Patriots also—they were missing a couple corners on the COVID list. You could tell they were a little depleted. Um, I do think high level, if you look back at the Patriots season, they did overachieve a little bit. Uh, I think they settled back in. It's kind of weird. Like the Cardinals, if you look at the Cardinals season, they kind of landed in a decent spot. Like, oh, they won, you know, 11, 12 games, whatever it was. And they were, they made progress, even though they collapsed at the end. New England kind of just took a step forward, probably found their future quarterback, but landed where they should have. Like they never really should have been in that number one seed conversation. And they just beat up on bad teams, you know? So. I think they're trending in the right direction, even though Belichick's because, you know, he's going to turn 70. 
Uh, they've got some pieces to build around, but I think the Patriots ended up landing where they should have been, which is, you know, early exit in the playoffs. That's, that's kind of a good season for, I think, what New England had uh, as far as their roster goes. All right, let me throw this out to you since you've been on Colin Cowherd's show. Um, Colin has his theories. Some are good, some are awful, uh, but he has a great show. Um, True. So his theory this week is that Belichick hasn't adjusted to what the game gives you today, which is all the rules and the way it's called and the way it's played favors the offense. Now, we've had these discussions with you dozens of times the last couple of years as you join us. Um, and he says that Andy Reid and the Chiefs organization has gone all in on the way that the game has pivoted and changed the last, well, the last 20 years, but definitely the last 7 to 10 years, the last decade. Are you... Considering Belichick's inability to load the boat with skill players and Kansas City's uh, having the ability to do that among the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and so on, where do you land on that theory from Cowherd? Um, a little, a little in the middle. I mean, I do think I I do agree that the Patriots are behind as far as going all in as far as um, skill positions go. Now, on the other hand, they did this offseason, right? Maybe they didn't get the right guys, but they. They gave Hunter Henry and John U. Smith ridiculous contracts at tight end. They paid Kendrick Bourne at wide receiver. Maybe they didn't pick the right guys, but they attacked that position group this offseason. And, and the other part about maybe attacking the field with, you know, with the pass game, you had Mac Jones back there. He's a rookie. You're, you know, kind of treating him with kid gloves. Maybe he could handle more. But I think Belichick's strategy would be different if, Bel- if Brady was still in the building, you know. But if the – in the other part about it with the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs have embraced the game theory of, like I said earlier in the interview here, they pass the ball more than anybody above expectations. They've embraced that. I think the Chiefs left meat on the bone this offseason by only by not upgrading their receiving core. Now, maybe Byron Pringle and Michael Hardman are fine, but I think the Chiefs went too far with rebuilding their offensive line and not far enough with bringing more playmakers in there. I, right? I mean, if you're the Chiefs okay. every single year, like I want to instill fear in opposing defenses and it starts with Tyreek and Kelsey give me the third guy right go get a monster in the draft this year and uh and make them uncoverable so I'm I'm I get it overall I think the Chiefs have embraced it I think they can embrace it more and yeah the Patriots have to do more as far as building their passing attack this offseason all right I got two minutes or so as far as job openings why do you think Kellen Moore is getting all these interviews I mean I think he's probably pretty good in the grand but but in, in the NFL, where I would think that there all these staffs should be loaded with talent, um, I mean, he's already been with the Broncos. He's interviewing with the Dolphins. I understand why Quinn is, is getting the interviews. He was within a whisker of winning a Super Bowl with the Falcons. Why do you think Kellen is? Is it because he's young and on the offensive side of the football? How do you see it? I think, that, I think that's it. I also think he had initial, he had early success with Dallas, right? Um, the tough thing that's the, the tough thing to like separate here is how much, I mean, there's a pretty clear line in the sand from that da- in Dak's production since Amari Cooper showed up. And then once they added CD lamb to the mix, it's like, okay, there's the, the production has gone up. Right. So how much of that is simply the, the talent? How much of that is the offensive coordinator? I do think high level telling Moore has been an upgrade there in Dallas, but I also don't think he's been special. But I think people go back like, yeah, young offensive coordinator, and he had early success. So it's just in their mind that he's the guy. 
I'm interested in the guys like Brian Dayball, who who took a Josh Allen and took him from a project to a star. Yes, and actually developed the player. That's fascinating to me because that's what you have to do in a new place. You're, you know, when Kellen goes to a new place, he's not going to have Dak and then three awesome receivers and a good tight end, most likely. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, again, I'm, I'm sense-sitting on a lot of stuff, but I'm kind of sense-sitting on Kellen Moore, too, as a head coaching candidate. All right, we'll leave it there. Uh, straight out of Cincinnati, Steve Palazzolo, that city is on fire. They've been partying for a couple of weeks now, and uh, they'll play down in Nashville this weekend. That's our 3.30 game. So that's exciting. Steve Palazzolo, thank you, buddy. Have a great weekend, man. Yeah, thanks, guys. Enjoy the games. See you, dude. Uh, Steve Palazzolo joined us on the Corona Premier guest line. Pair of Corona with some crawfish from Mudbugs. And uh, you'll love it. You'll love me for uh, sharing that with you. Mudbugs has the number one crawfish in the state of Mississippi. Their shrimp is great. Nachos, very, very underrated. Believe it or not, pulled pork sandwich, too. Uh, Mudbugs Crawfish, Slinging Crawfish, two locations in Rankin County. They can also cater. I mean, Matt's done like 1,200-pound catering jobs and so on. So uh, if you're going to thank your employees or clients or uh, parishioners this spring, Mudbugs, uh, they can hook up the rig, go to your destination, and cook delicious crawfish and potatoes and corn and mushrooms for you and your people. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. Steve Robertson coming up in 30 minutes on the Corona Premier Guest Line.